TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and I am so excited to have my brother from another mother, the great Dr. Damien Christoph, alongside of me digitally, all the way down in Melbourne. How are you, Damo? I'm great. Thank you, Piercy. It's so great to be uh, joined with you again. I'm in Sydney at the moment and looking over the Harbour Bridge. Beautiful today. Sunny. I was just going to say, you are not in Melbourne. You are looking over one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I am. I am. What a great place to visit. Beautiful. And it's even better when the weather's great. And coming from Melbourne, it's nice to see great weather. I have to tell you, Piercy. But I'll tell you what I'm excited about today because not often do we get the opportunity to interview greats. But today we've got one of the greats. And our audience tells us that they love listening to the stories that are told by centenarians, particularly those that have lived a great life. And we're joined today by a great one. And I'm just so excited about today, PC. It's going to be great. Absolutely. This is our first interview with a centenarian for 2023. We probably interview between, oh, what do you reckon, half a dozen and a dozen um, per year. And it's always exciting to speak to someone that has lived a life. We are talking today to Claire Bothman, who joins us from up near Toowoomba at the Carinity Browns Home Aged Care Community in Highfields. Uh, Claire turned 100 on the 8th of January this year. She is officially 100 Not Out. Claire Bothman, thank you so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. Good. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be talking to you. Hmm. We're so excited. Go, Damo. You go first, mate. Uh, No, no, it's great. Claire, I have to tell you, um, when Marcus sent this story through to me and said, hey, we should interview Claire, I I was like, okay, which one is she? Because in the photo, you look so young. We'll have to talk about how you look so young. I don't know how you've done that. What's your secret? Oh. Do you rub yourself with <laughs> coconut oil every single day? Is it something or avocado uh, peel? I don't know. What's your secret? No secret at all. It's just me. Yeah, just wash <laughs> my face with soap. And no, I don't believe in. Sometimes I put a bit of cream on, not much. But yeah. it's just me. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good on you. You're looking absolutely fabulous, uh, Claire. And really what we find fascinating about talking to centenarians is the amount of life that they have seen over the years. You've lived through a war. You've lived through the advent of television or multiple wars, actually. You've lived through multiple wars. You've lived through the advent of television, um, of mobile phones. What is it, um, if you reflect, and I'm sure you've been asked this particularly since your 100th birthday, but um, what comes to mind when you reflect on your life that has been um, so well lived? Is it family? You've um, you've you've got children, you've got grandchildren, you you had to grieve for a husband and got married again. What is it that you reflect on when you think of the major, major chapters of your life? Well, I just don't know. I, it, it's really just crept up on me, really, just one day at a time. You know, you did something. I was always very active. And, uh, you know, I've done a lot actually through my life. But it's just one day at a time. You'd get up in the morning and, oh, yes, you had to do that this day. And, and uh, 
it just went on and on and time just goes by and you don't realise, you know, there's, the weeks are gone, months, the years goes and, and uh, you know, they creep up on you and you don't really know it. You don't realise it's happening. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. It's interesting you say that, Claire, because the other day I was sitting in the golf club. I play golf. Um, our listeners know that I play golf. I love my golf. And I was sitting in the golf club and we saw some guys um, on the Monday morning and they're the Monday boys. And the Monday boys are 80 years or older generally. And I said to my mate, I said, at what point do you feel like you're old? And I wondered whether or not you feel like you're old and did you ever feel old? Or do you, you know, you just said that it creeps up on you and the years go by and then all of a sudden here you are celebrating 100. Did you ever feel old? Did you ever feel like you made it to that point? Well, I never had I never had time. I never just had kept time going. to feel old. I just just done everything that I wanted to do and and got it done and, and that was it. Mm. But oh. uh, yes, I, I suppose I've done a lot of things. Uh, in well, just to just to get let people know what you've done, this is a story that is quite remarkable. You worked um, in the war, so just a, just a brief bio. You were born in Gundawindi, nineteen twenty three. Uh, you grew up in Toowoomba. Um, the you had three brothers, so three brothers. Um, when you finished school, you worked in a fruit shop. Then you worked. Uh, at the Church of England Boys School and then during the Second World War you worked at the Toowoomba Foundry making special parts for classified military uh, projects and it was it was in that job so already you've had a number of different jobs and and you're a you're a young lady and it's here that you meet your uh, husband uh, your first husband Keith um, and then you went to work on a dairy farm um, which <laughs> And then you went to work on Keith's family farm. I mean, that's there's a lot of life experience already in, and and you've only just probably mm. begun um, starting a family. So, have you always been someone that's mm. you know gone from project to project or um, thing to thing? Because, like you said, you feel like oh. you haven't had time to think of getting old. Yes. Well, in my younger days, when I was home with the, with my brothers and that. It, I was very, very active. There was just a young one there. We we just played all the sports under the sun, you know, football and goodness knows what. And and uh, there was a creek alongside of us, and we used to go down catching rabbi, uh, yabbies and then taking them home and uh, boiling them on the stove. We had a, a, a JR stove at home, and uh, we used to go boiling them then and, and eating them. Do you know what yabbies are? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. we used to go down the creek down that way, nice clean creek it was. And uh, we used to go catching them and, yeah, yeah. And a little bit of fishing, we, we called it, and paddling and, and things like that besides the sports. Mm. Yeah, I used to play the sports with the, with my brothers. They were a bit rough with me sometimes, but when I go crying, <laughs> <to> mum. <laughs> Sized them up. And then Sized them up, sort of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did um, have, have your have your brothers continued to live into a long um, old age as well, or have they passed on? No, no, I've missed them. I uh, no, they've um, passed on. Very young in life. Uh-huh. Yes, very young in life. Mm. Because yeah. the reason I ask that question, yeah, I know it sounds. Too. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that you lost mm. them. I'm sorry that you lost your brothers, and it sounds mm. like you would have been very mm. close to them. The one we've often oh, found, yeah, we find um, when we interview people who have succeeded, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say clearly that you've succeeded at life, you've got the most from it. Um, we, we find that friends and family are such a foundation for longevity. You know, the friends and family that we're surrounded with help us live well and live long. Would, would you put that mm. success in your life down to that, your friends and family? Well, I just wouldn't know, really. It's, uh, I lost my mum and dad fairly early in life and mm-hmm. uh, then my three brothers. And, uh, yes, so uh, I've been a loner, really, through, you know, with, with my family and that they all left me. Mm. Claire, I'd love to ask you, um, I'd love to ask you, it's very clear that you've had to deal with grief in your life a lot more than a lot of other people would, would like to. What what advice do you have for people that are listening today that, that are grieving? Because you've been married twice and, and that was, again, because you lost your husband when he was just 39. You've already mentioned that you lost your parents when uh, they were quite young, which means you were quite young and, and you have lost all of your yeah, siblings you. as well. Uh, how have you actually dealt with that grief? Because, you know, grief is a, is, a, is something that every human being is going to have to deal with at some point in their life. How have you been able to work your way through that? Well, it, I just kept myself busy. <clears throat> it was there in my mind all the time and I missed them terribly. But then when, you, when you've got little young children, you know, saying, you're not going to die, mummy, are you? And all this business, you've just got to have a brave face on and say no and just keep on and uh, look after the, after your little children and that. But as for my brothers, yes, it was a big blow. I couldn't understand it, you know, that they went so young, but cancer was the problem with the three. Mm. Oh, wow. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And so you've... No, well, so you've got some. Um, you've got uh, how many children do you have now, Claire? Three. Yes, I have three, three children mm-hmm. and, and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. How many grandchildren have you got? Uh, I've just got seven. Uh, there's three of them not seven. married as just yet. Seven. They're getting on right. in years too, rousing on. They better get a hurry on. Yeah, about time. Get a get a hurry on. If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, you know the grandchildren of Clegg, you know get a get a wriggle on. And then, um, and then, what about great grandchildren? How many great grandchildren have you got? Uh, just the seven, also. So they're not married, and and I haven't got too many. Yeah, and I often look okay. at these ones. You know, they got twenty three great grandchildren, and I thought, oh my goodness me, what's happening to my family? <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're yeah. laggards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very late. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. Hey, um, Claire, I'd love to know. Um, a lot of the um graceful ages that we speak to, um, they do they've they've had a work life, they've often had a family life, but they've also had a great social life, and that's often come out of um, hobbies and interests that they've really loved. You, from what I can tell, have enjoyed singing um, over the years. Can you share with us just the role of having an interest outside of family um, and, and what that's what that's done for you? Well, once the family grew up, you know, they all settled down. The, 
the three of them, they married and, of course, moved moved away. And, well, then I had myself then, but, yes, I, I joined into a lot of things. And uh, that was the senior sits, playing the organ and music there. And, and I joined uh, an organ club. I, I bought an organ. And uh, then I went to organ, organ lessons and joined an organette club. And we played for years. And... Um, we had a choir going, a seniors choir, and we uh, went to nursing homes and other places. Um, what else? Yes, oh, I did a lot of things. Yes. Oh, good on you. I could not and, and I'll, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Claire, uh, I obviously when you stay active, that's that's fantastic. But you've got to fuel your body. Mm. And these days there's all kinds of different diets around that people can follow. There's lots of different, you know, ways in which people identify and the way in which they eat. Did you do anything special? What was your breakfast, lunch and dinner generally? Oh, well, I just had mostly rolled oats. I liked my rolled oats of a morning. Mostly rolled And, uh, yeah. yes, I had cereal sometimes, but that was mainly my, uh, my breakfast with pizza toast. Something like yes. that. Hmm. Did you have marmalade or put jam like, on it or honey? Uh, yes, marmalade. Sometimes Vegemite. Oh, right. Did yeah. you know uh, Vegemite's 100 years old now too? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. You don't know that. Oh, yeah. That is right. It's 100 years old this year. Mm. And what was the family dinner, Claire? What's the what's the meal or meals that you'd like to go to, um, particularly in your well, you know child rearing years, but and beyond? Well, we always had at home with my family. We used to you know kill our own more or less, and and that, and um, and we used to just have junks of you know meat and good stuff, really good stuff, and veggies. We had our own vegetable growing and. You know, one side of the house, and the other side we had corn and and uh, and um, pumpkins growing. Uh, uh, you know, melons and and then we had fruit trees. Mm. Yeah, so you really oh, were living off the land, weren't you? We oh. were definitely, and we had our own cow. We had our own uh, milk and cream and and that. Hmm. Yeah, we had a nice beautiful. little bit of land there. Hmm. Mm, oh, living off the land and living that life. So I imagine then you've lived quite a physically active life. Again, the centenarians that we speak to that are, still have a great quality of life seem to be mm. physically active. Is that true for you, Claire? And if so, how have you liked mm. to move your body over the years? Well, I was always busy. Yes. Um, I had a fitness class there over since then and uh, – yeah, I was always getting around. I'd walk to town. I never, you know, never got the car out. We just walked. And um, actually, when we go into school there, uh, we used to walk about two miles to school from where we lived uh, to the north yeah, school. We used to walk there. No cars those days, and that that's a long time ago, of course. But uh, yeah, well, we walked to school. Speaking of that, sorry miles. to interrupt. Yeah, sorry, Claire. Sorry to interrupt. Um, because as you're talking about, that was a long, that was a long time um, before even cars came in. So you saw cars yeah. come in, but you also saw 
electricity come in? Now, we all complain about the speed of the internet and the Wi-Fi. Um, we don't. We just take electricity for granted. You you actually saw the yeah, birth of electricity in Australia. So can you just right. reminisce for us a bit and yes. tell us what that was like? Well, well, we just had the kerosene lights on the, on the tables and, and, you know, around the house and that, or candles or something. And anyway... Uh, electricity come on and it was just fantastic in the, in our house and it, you know at the burnside there and um, anyway we had the lights on put the lights on in every room and then we went outside and we had a look at our house <laughs> how bright it was <laughs> it, it was just fantastic electricity mm, when we turned it on there mm, when it was turned yeah, on that's it. So and another good. big thing that so... was turned on was the water yeah, of course. Yeah. To have clean water. And, and that was the clean yeah, water and just set... when the, Yeah. When the water was turned on, you know, for us to go and uh, and that otherwise we just had tanks, you know, uh, and that. Mm. Wow. Oh, what a what that's so just that amazing. A, that was and... a big event. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's just amazing. Yeah. And mm. and when did you get your first car? Like, were you, I mean, you learned to drive at a young age at 14 years old, but was that the, was that the family car? Was that the first car that your family ever no, owned? No, 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 it, it was a cousin's farm. He lived in the country. He was a farmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, yeah. mostly all our, our uh, people are farmers. And anyway, he used to come in and visit uh, at home there and uh, he would take me out and uh, show me how to drive. And uh, I was doing pretty good with it too. <laughs> Excellent. Mm, uh, yes. And uh, <laughs> then after a while, one of my brothers uh, uh, bought a car. But Dad and, Dad and Mum, they never had a car. They, they were just too old, I think. <laughs> they, did, now, they weren't interested. Mm. Well, I'd love to ask you a couple of things on this because Damien and I travel to a little greek island every year called ikaria where they don't drive a lot they have roads and they have cars but their their lifestyle is still very uh on foot do you find that um on reflection that that the introduction of cars sped up the pace of life to a point where do you miss those older days of walking a lot more and not everyone waiting on you, you know, in such a rush. Can you share with us your feelings on, on the pace of life, you know, with and without cars? Well, when we go to town or something, we just go and get dressed and off we go and off we walk. You know, we just go go off and off we go. But, uh, we dressed up those days, not like they do now, but, uh, you know, we go and dress with gloves and hat and and do ourselves up, and off we'd go to town. We'd walk about two miles from where we lived to the uh, to Toowoomba, the township itself, Main Street, and we'd walk, and then we'd do our shopping, and then come back. And yes, no, it was a walking, walking really that we did in those days. Mum and Dad also. Mm. Yes. It's really, it's really, really nice. And Marcus and I are typing each other little messages as you talk and saying how nice it is to have these moments to reminisce on the past and to think about, you know, where we've come from and how we got to here today. Mm-hmm. If you were sitting down with your great grandchildren 
or if you're sitting down with your grandchildren, what advice would you give mm. them about how to live a great life? What would you say to them? Oh, that'd be very, very hard because they're they're um, they're in their 20s and 30s and 40s, Mike. They're all getting up a little bit, and they're all so most of them are married, bar and three, and and uh, what can you say to them? Yes, I've, I've uh, but read you would have them, learned, you know. And, yeah, you would have learnt lessons though along the way. You would have some lessons that you could share. You know, we've I, I know with my son, I like to share the lessons that I've learnt in my life, and then and he's only twenty three. So, uh, you know, I like to be able to share the things that I've learnt. What are the things that you could say to them? Because they might listen to this too. They might go, oh, what's Nan saying? What's she talking about? You know, what's she? What's the pearls of wisdom is she going to leave me, leave with me, you know, for my life? Yes. Well, I think the main thing was cigarettes. <laughs> oh, what are you smoking for? It's no good for you. And that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that, that um, yes, I've tried to instill the Christian life that I used, I had. And uh, and you know, in that line, which a lot of them have, that was very, very good and very satisfying for me too to see that. Mm. Yeah, that they've taken notice notice of me, you know, in that line. Mm. Yes, very good. I'd love to, I'd I'd love to ask you, Claire, just in in terms of. Um, so now you're at uh, Carinity Brown's home. I believe you might be the oldest resident um, there. So you've got a lot of people looking up to you. But what I would love to know is you lived at home till the young age of 98. And so being in an aged care community is, is relatively newer experience for you. How did you find um, living uh, by yourself um, till the age of 98 and did you get much resistance? Were, were people going, come on, come on, it's time to to move? Were you like, no, I want to um, stay and just enjoy my independence? And then how are you finding it now having a community of people uh, that you're actually surrounded by day in and day out? Well, that's very hard. I enjoyed living by myself over there and I'd just pop out. I, my house was very, very handy to everywhere. I could walk everywhere. It, I didn't have to get the, when I had the car. I didn't have to get the car out. I walked down the town or to church or or to senior sits or uh, doctors or whatever. I walked, and uh, I did that right through until '98. Uh, but uh, my daughters, they were a bit worried over you know with me being over there by myself, and they were too far away from me to uh, you know if anything did happen to me. And of course that. That, uh, you know, just I sold my house then and uh, and that and come over this way. Mm. But, yes, the, the, yeah, I get along with all of them here. They're, they're, they're a lovely lot of people here uh, and everything. And uh, there's, there's nothing that I, I could say that I don't like about here. It's very nice. It's not like your own home, though. Uh, you know, you've got the freedom of your home, but you've got freedom here too, but it's sort of not, <laughs> if you understand what I mean. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's always there's always people around. And I think, um, you know, in many ways, uh, you know, like you said, there's there's both sides of the coin and 
there's safety in numbers and there's also um, the difference of not of not having that that same home. But I think also, Claire, you know, um, I think it's just a great life achievement that you were at home for 98 years. There are so many people that um, don't have that independence uh, from almost like their early to mid 70s, and so. To have that for a whole another generation on top of that, I think is remarkable. And you're another shining example, another living legend in um, the, uh, you know, in the Australian country, but just for all of our listeners that have been listening to our podcast for 10 plus years and having uh, listened to uh, centenarians and graceful ages from all around the world, it's just so beautiful to hear that um, living your life with purpose and moving your body regularly and having an active lifestyle and maintaining friendships and um, eating well and spending time with your family um, and really even like you said at the beginning, being able to work through grief and to live by example and to show your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren what it takes to live a great life. You have succeeded in that so beautifully. And so congratulations, Claire, and and, and well done to you. I appreciate that. It's our pleasure. And and even though some some people might find this difficult to understand, we would still like to wish you, Claire Bothman, may the rest of your life continue to be the best of your life. And thank you for joining us on 100 Not Out today. That's great. But thank you very much. Yes, I enjoyed talking to you. Yes, that was very good. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank thank you, you, Claire. And thank you, Damo. What a wonderful soul we've had on the podcast today. Yeah, what a ripper, what a treat. Um, I'm sure everybody listening to this will love it. Um, give us your feedback. Tell us what you thought. And if there was questions that we should have asked of Claire, let us know. We might even send Claire a little message and get those answers for you. But um, I want to say thank you, Claire. I love talking with you and I love listening to you. And um, it's nice to be able to put a voice to the face. So thanks for joining us on 100 Not Out. Yes. Yes. Hey, Sylvia, can I? Yeah, I'm off the thing, aren't I? Mm. Oh, I'm just going to wrap this now. up just just two moments, Claire. I'm just going to invite all of our listeners to uh, continue to engage with us on Instagram and Facebook at 100 Not Out. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.